Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. The Curse of Dead Man's Pitch by M. D. Vickers. Right, lads. Today there's been a change of schedule for your games lesson. The girls are playing the Rocky Match finals on the football pitch, so we're going to have to go somewhere else. There was an assortment of tats and moans. "'Where are we going, then, sir?' Simon Jenkins asked. He was a chubby lad, with a crew-cut. It was his fifteenth birthday in two weeks' time. "'We're going up to Birchall Grange. I've arranged a friendly game with another school,' Mr. Wilkins replied. He said it without looking up, from the register he was checking. "'You mean dead man's pitch, sir?' Jenkins spoke again. Mr. Wilkins looked up from his register— a frown on his handsome face. "'No, Simon. I said Birchall Grange. Have you developed some hearing problem?' There was a general laugh aimed in Jenkins's direction. He refused to be rattled, however. "'It's also called Dead Man's Pitch, sir. There's a curse laid upon it. It's not been used for ages.' His classmates were staring at him, wondering whether he was acting the usual fool or being uncharacteristically serious. "'I've certainly never heard anything like that, Simon.' "'I think you're letting your imagination get the better of you, lad. "'There's no such thing as curses.' "'But me granddad's told me all about it,' Jenkins pursued. "'It's haunted. People have mysteriously disappeared while playing on it.' Mr. Wilkins snapped the register shut. The draft ruffled his even side parting. "'Simon, take it from me. All that superstition is not to be taken seriously. "'It's just mythology. Take it with a pinch of salt.' He strode briskly over to the changing-room door— and yanked it open. "'I want you ready in five minutes, lads.' With that, he left. After he'd gone, Simon Jenkins became the immediate centre of attention. "'What's all this about a curse, Jenks? Are you having us on, or what?' Mark Johnson asked. "'No, straight up. There's supposed to be a curse laid upon one of the goldmouths.' He stared at their puzzled faces as he shrugged on his games top. "'One of the goldmouths faces a graveyard, about half a mile away.' It's that one that's cursed. If the goalkeeper fails to save the ball three times, something strange is supposed to happen to him. That's because of the old cursed relics which are buried underneath. They were peering intently at him, some believing, some half-believing, others definitely not believing. I've never heard such shit in me all life, Wayne Dartford suddenly spat. You must be really stupid if you believe stuff like that, Jenksy. Jenkins was about to retaliate, when the door fiercely opened and the head and shoulders of Mr. Wilkins appeared in the gap. "'Right, you've had long enough. Come on now, lads.' Ten seconds later, the changing room was empty. Outside, they had assembled themselves into a jumbled group, and were being relayed their orders by Brian Wilkins. "'Okay, then, lads. We'll have a nice leisurely jog up to the Grange to get the art pumping vigorously, and the old circulation running smoothly. Then, just to recap, we're having a friendly match with Marley Eye. I want an excellent performance from you lads, good for the school's morale. He was juggling the football from one hand to the other. Oh, and Simon, no more nonsense about curses, please. It's a load of superstitious rubbish, believe me. Simon Jenkins felt inclined to believe him. It did seem far-fetched the more he thought about it. After a brief mental battle, he decided to forcefully shove it to the back of his mind and cease to worry. Right then, lads, let's be off. Get in line behind me, and no stopping. He set off at a fast pace, the football under one arm. 
They arrived at Birchall Grange eight or nine minutes later. The weather that day was overcast. The sun had no chance against the ominous bank of grey cloud. Birchall Grange was an eerie-looking place. The moderate breeze sighed across the bleak-looking pitch and rafted through the trees which formed a set-back border all around. The paint-chipped goalposts stood up from the ground, looking solitary and abandoned. The ground itself had been recently mown. It was still looked after, but up until now had not been played on for at least two or three years. Simon Jenkins looked across to the old cemetery in the distance, and a shiver rippled down his back. He looked down at his arms. They were prickled with goose-flesh. Shortly after their arrival, the class from Marleybrook arrived with their P.E. teacher. After a quick talk with the teacher, Mr. Wilkins walked back over to his class. "'Right, lads, let's get positions sorted. Simon, you can go in goal. I think that's what you do best.' Simon Jenkins felt a cold needle of fear prick the lining of his stomach. Sweat suddenly broke out on his back, and his heartbeat accelerated. However, he chose not to say anything. After the others' positions had been sorted out, they walked onto the pitch to assemble themselves. Jenkins realized, with an iron ball of dread in his stomach, that they were starting on the half which overlooked the graveyard. He walked slowly over to the girl-mouth, a sudden gust of wind making his eyes water. His game's top flapped against his sweat-clad back. Upon reaching the nets, he touched one of the posts. The metal was very cold. The white paint had flaked off in places, showing the rust underneath. He kicked absently at the ground. He had a sudden image of a slimy, long tentacle emerging from the turf, and wrapping itself around his neck, strangling him, before pulling him underneath that cursed earth. He told himself to cease this foolishness. He had a vivid imagination, which was hard to control sometimes. It was great when it came to writing descriptive essays, but bad news when it decided to focus on unpleasant things. He looked up the field to see what was going on. Apparently, the two teachers were joining in as well. They had both taken up positions, and were waiting for the kick-off. There was a shrill <whistles> as Mr. Wilkins blew the whistle, and the first football match on that ground for several years opened up. The first ten minutes were fairly uneventful. The ball was kicked backwards and forwards, with no real direction. Then, in the thirteenth minute, Darren Stewart for Marleybrook was storming down the left side of the pitch like a whippet. He managed to outdo four tackles, before booting the ball past Simon Jenkins at a frightening pace. The ball flew through the posts, and landed in shrubbery, thirty or so yards away. After Jenkins had retrieved it, he found himself gasping for breath. He'd only run sixty yards there and back, but lack of exercise and his anxiety over the alleged curse were the cause of it. Nine minutes later, Darren Stewart was again storming towards Jenkins like a thing possessed. Jenkins hoped and prayed that he would be intercepted and felled, but it was not to be. Outwitting the defence, he struck the ball accurately over Jenkins's close-cropped head and beyond. As Simon walked towards the ball for the second time, he suddenly felt sick and nauseous. His head swam. He had to control his anxiety. There was no such thing as curses. Like Mr. Wilkins had said, take it with a pinch of salt. I mean, really, cursed football pitch indeed. It was stupid. Walking back with the ball, he was suddenly braying laughter to himself. He was fairly intelligent, 
and he was letting his mind run away with ideas of, of all things, haunted football pitches. He was still laughing as he bunted the ball high into the air, as they approached the twenty-fourth minute. Three minutes after, Wentworth High scored. The scorer was their very own Mr. Wilkins. It was a good shot from a distance, and it made the score 2-1 to Marleybrook. Marleybrook's third goal came in the thirty-eighth minute. This time, it was by John Morris. Jenkins dived right, but the ball shot to the left. He had seemed to have overcome his anxiety. He felt calmer. The bad thoughts had drained to the back of his mind. Even the fact that he had let in three goals didn't bother him much. After Jenkins kicked the ball out, it all seemed to happen in the other half of the pitch. Wentworth were ploughing forward, looking desperately for another goal. Stuart Granger, for Wentworth High, was weaving his way through the sea of legs, determined to get his first goal. He shot at the target, but it deflected off the right post and trundled some twenty yards away. Marleybrook's keeper, Richard Cadet, jogged over to retrieve it. "'Sir, where's Jenks gone?' Wayne Dartford suddenly asked. Brian Wilkins looked round, and saw only deserted goalposts. "'I don't know. He didn't say he was going anywhere, did he?' He looked around. He couldn't see Jenkins anywhere. "'Surely he's not just walked off. That's not like him.' He started to walk up to the empty goalmouth, wondering why he felt papery, weak, and nauseous. "'Simon, are you there, lad?' he shouted to the trees, rustling in the breeze. "'Come on! What is all this?' "'What was that on the crossbar? It looked like—like—' He broke into a trot. When he reached the girlmouth, he stopped dead, dead in his tracks. There was a lot of red fluid on the crossbar—hell of a lot. It was dripping onto the ground underneath in red splotches. The turf there was churned up, as if there had been some sort of a struggle— on the left goalpost, there were smaller specks of the red liquid running down in rivulets. Mr. Wilkins didn't hear people running up behind him to see what was going on. He didn't hear, because there was a low moaning noise issuing from his vocal cords, seeming to fill his head, which was pounding relentlessly. Something caught his eye to the right, about thirty yards away. He ambled over, his brain reeling and reeling, tottering on the brink of hysterical madness. That something on the ground, bent at an angle in the middle, looked like—it was—it was a human leg, Jenkins's leg, torn from its socket. One end was red and mushy, trailing torn ligaments and streamers of ragged flesh. A knob of shiny white bone protruded like a periscope. The other end, a football boot— lace half undone, and a red and white sock. There was something carved into the flabby flesh of the thigh. They looked like letters. Before Mr. Wilkins fell to his knees and collapsed, he managed to read the three words which had been etched into the torn limb. They read, Dead Man's Pitch. Dead Man's Pitch